from the center of the universe and the home of your Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. It's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos pregame walkthrough brought to you by Something in the Water Brewing. Ben Grant joined as always by JB as we present to you the 150th anniversary edition of the pregame walkthrough. Not the 150th anniversary of our podcast, mind you. We are a few <laughs> years behind that. It only feels that way. It just feels that way to, to some of us. But uh, no, this is uh, it's a special podcast because it is 150th anniversary week. We've been talking about it all year. You've seen stuff about it all year. The count countdown's been going on there's all sorts of stuff that's been happening all season long it's all coming to a head this is 150th anniversary week and of course we've got a big show for you and the first thing that I want to talk about is Friday something in the water brewing has got something special going on in their pre-game tailgate festivities $10 margarita pizzas it's a pizza tailgate $10 margarita pizzas from Pico. Uh, you get down to something in the water in Liberty Village it's a great place to start your evening you start there grab a margarita pizza for 10 bucks grab a, a pint of longboat the beer that was and the beer that was named and made for you Argos fans fans of the double blue it's it's a beer specifically made for for you and what better beverage to enjoy at this uh, for this event for the 150th than a beer made for fans of the double blue so something in the water liberty village make sure you check it out pre-game get a margarita pizza get a long boat and yeah you can couldn't find a better way to start your evening JB, let's go through the stuff that we got to get to. Uh, five players signed as the practice rosters expanded. Uh, some interesting names in there, a couple we've seen before, some familiar faces. We'll get into those. City Hall flying the Argos flag, which is really cool. The Argos Cup coming up tomorrow. We're recording this late Wednesday night. And then, of course, the 150th celebration and why you need to be at the game. And uh, we'll also get into our usual stuff, injuries, the game preview, OCDC. One thing put me down for 20 predictions, CFL picks, all that and more coming up on this episode of the X's and Argos podcast. All right, let's get down to these new signings, JB. So expanded rosters, this is this is a great time for the Argos, and they've made use of this in the past. We remember some, some late signings last season that contributed. Uh, Jared Brinkman, for one, a guy that was signed late in the year and was there, was dressed, was out there contributing in the Grey Cup game. So these aren't these aren't throwaway signings by any means. And JB, you were always a fan of churning over the bottom of the roster. So I guess like getting five more spots for you is is ideal because you can just do even more of that. Yeah. And, you know, I would really think they're they're looking at next year uh, and trying to catch. Uh, they've been very lucky with, you know, the the occasional lightning in a bottle. Obviously, like Stigurth has been fantastic. And, you know, it is it, it's such a um unpredictable dynamic when you have a good athlete and you know where they land and did the coaches know how to use them did the coach not like them personally there's there's so many factors that can go into why a player has not been good for somebody now sometimes it just you know it just is what it is and and they're not there but i you know i i agree with this idea of you know just keep keep bringing people in and then you know See if you see if you strike on something where uh, um, the previous coaching uh, just didn't understand what they had. Let's go into some of the specifics of the guys. So there's 
there's three three guys that uh, we have some uh, understanding of, two in particular. So uh, Richie Sandani first is the name that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know uh, recently Hamilton Tiger Cat. Prior to that, Calgary Stampeder. So yeah, he won a great cup with Calgary in 2018. He's a good, solid Canadian player. I, I love him for depth. I don't know if he's... He's a good player. He's he's bright. He's a big body. He uh, certainly um, had an impact in Calgary. Uh, didn't quite get used the same way in Hamilton. And I think maybe one of the reasons that he's no longer with Hamilton. I like this as at the at the, at worst, at absolute worst. He's a great backup for the Canadian receivers that are out there right now. And with Curly Gittins Jr.'s status a little bit uncertain, you needed to bring in an extra Canadian receiver. It wasn't really even an option. And so Sandani... Uh, makes perfect sense. This is a, a nice move for that situation. The other guys you're familiar with, or might be, you might remember the name Tyler Williams. He was in Argos camp. He's an American defensive lineman, was in Argos camp. He was he was signed a little bit late. He came in a few days after the start of camp, ended up uh, staying in there until the very last cuts, The I think it was the June 2nd cuts. Um, and you know, there's, there's so many guys in there. He didn't necessarily make an impression on me during his time there, but obviously the coaching staff saw something they liked. You know, they're obviously looking at these guys in way more detail. Something stood out to them and maybe a guy they wish they could have kept, but with that D-line room just being so stacked. Remember, we were talking about in the in the preseason, JB, it was just one of those positional groups you weren't going to be able to break into. And so maybe this guy with the expanded roster, maybe he was right on the bubble there. And now that they've got a few extra spots... Um, he might have been, for, for all we know, he's the first guy that they wanted to bring in. So uh, I think that's a that's a nice add. And the third guy you might be somewhat familiar with was a draft crush of mine from, from 2022, uh, Daniel Valenti uh, from Western. He was actually drafted by Ottawa in the fourth round of 2022. I had him as my 13th best player available on my board. He was a guy I loved. I felt like if he could add weight, that he would be able to step right in with the knowledge and skill that he had. I felt like he could step right in at the safety position, but I just felt he needed to add a little bit of weight. And he hasn't added much. Uh, and uh, Ottawa obviously decided to to move on from him. But a guy that I think if you value somebody that highly, and I don't know how the Argos valued him, but obviously, obviously they thought very highly of him to bring him back. But if another team doesn't isn't able to get it to work, doesn't mean that you should give up on your evaluation. And so I love the idea that they're bringing Valenti, and 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 it's a position where the Argos have been using Canadian talent at at that free safety spot. So that makes total sense to me. But yeah, remember that I you know I had him like I had him obviously this was wrong, but I had him ahead of Gregor McKellar. I had, you know, I I thought very highly of him. Uh Deontay Knight was two in that draft on my board and uh Dan Adebaboye was three on that draft, but yeah, down at 13 was was Valenti. So, yeah, I love bringing him in. The other two ads are American receivers, both kind of interesting. Uh, I, I kind of made CFL comps for both of them. So uh, Aaron Parker is the first guy. I think I'm most excited about Aaron Parker. Um, they're they're very similar, though, in terms of expectations. So he uh, spent some time in the NFL, uh, bounced around Dallas, Carolina, Kansas City. Uh, love his short routes. He's a big body, 210, uh, 6'2", 210, I think. Uh, good body control, really nice speed. His change of direction for a big guy is really good. That stood out to me. Uh, in terms of what he's here for. I think both of these two guys I'm going to talk about, if there is some sort of setback with Cam Phillips and his recovery, something like that, 
you're going to have to lean on another American sort of big bodied inside receiver. I think you may be looking at, at these two guys as potential replacements. Uh, I, I see, I see uh, Aaron Parker as being like sort of a, a slightly less explosive Shaq Evans. That's sort of my, uh, my comp, I guess. Uh, but he 100% could be a, a CFL starter down the road. When you look at him, he stands out as a guy that could absolutely experience success in the CFL. It often doesn't work out that way, but from what I see on tape, it looks good. And the other guy is Justin Marshall. Uh, spent some time with Atlanta, mostly with Seattle. Um, he was at UB last season, had a great year at UB. Uh, just a guy that's got, he's got actually got better measurables than than Parker, but he's a little less refined. Like his his film doesn't look quite as crisp to me as, as Aaron Parker's does, but love the numbers that he put down, um, you know, in terms of, of uh, pro day stuff. Uh, that stuff looks great. So I'm always willing to take a spin on a guy like that. Uh, for comps, I'm kind of thinking like Rashid Bailey, uh, something of that nature as, as a equivalent sort of player. Um, so all in all, five guys that I'm excited to see. And JB, like you said, these aren't necessarily guys that we'll see this season. Maybe, uh, you know, hopefully the Argos don't need to. We know they've got a really strong roster anyway. If everyone returns to health, maybe they don't need any of these guys. But certainly for next year, uh, why not take a look at, at five very talented players? All right, JB, let's get into uh, our next segment. City Hall flying the Argos flag. This is uh, like symbolic stuff like this. Like, what, is, what does this mean? Argos, you know, flying the city, uh, flying the flag <laughs> at City Hall. There's no, there's no meaning to it that way, but but there is because there's historical significance. It's It means something to the city or it should. I love to see City Hall stepping up. Uh, Olivia Chow is going to be out there for a ceremony tomorrow. I think this, this kind of stuff is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you go back far enough. I mean, nothing really means anything, but uh, I, I do agree. Um, you know, it's nice for the city to to recognize they have a team uh, from time to time. And, I, wish, uh, I wish it were more often, but yeah, yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, look, it is what it is. You know, there's you you can't really get angry at being swamped by you know the the Jays or the Leafs. It's just you know, it's just different different uh, different dynamics, different size and. Uh, and, and so forth but yeah i think it's great hopefully you know it gets a little press uh hopefully it uh, it stirs up some uh some interest I, i'm not sure like necessarily uh that people know about the 150 i think argo fans do but uh there might be lots of casual who don't so hopefully that stirs up some interest in it um it's a little tougher now with the games not necessarily meaning a ton um, so I, I hope it raises the awareness level um, for people watching, you know, whatever, CP24 and and see what's going to come. Because Friday night is going to be amazing. I mean, the, the collection of people who are coming is uh, top shelf. And, and you know, hopefully um, the, the crowd will be uh, worthy of that. And if you want to check out the the flag raising ceremony, it is an official ceremony. There's going to be a number of, of Argos, former Argos in attendance. And so it's at 9 a.m. It's Wednesday morning, which you might be hearing this after that because we were recording late Tuesday night. But if not, and you're able to get out there at 9 a.m. Uh, at City Hall. And uh, yeah, Belly's going to be there. Adrian Belly, uh, Andrew <laughs> Harris, uh, Damon Allen, Deshaun Amos. Uh, Enoch Mwamba will be there. Like it's, it's the, the bunch of Argos and former Argos going to be there at this at the flag raising, um, and of course Pinball uh, will be there with uh, with Mayor Olivia Chow. So um, yeah, it's I think that's really cool. So 9 a.m. City Hall. If you can get out there for it, uh, see if you know see if you can make it because again this is 
It's a spectacular anniversary, 150 years. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but that is a, that is a long period of time. So that's cool to see. The other thing going on tomorrow, uh, after that flag raising ceremony, they'll be getting set for the Argo Cup flag football tournament. So this is 20 different schools across the GTA. They're going to be competing in this flag football tournament. Just yet another reminder of how far the Argos have come in promoting the game to the younger generation. I've talked about it on this podcast before with two young kids. Like I see it directly. Obviously, my own kids are going to know more about the Argos than most people because of because of what I do. But they're friends, they're, they're classmates. It's, it, it impacts them. Like they're, that generation is way more aware of what the Argos are and what they're doing than, than I, I've seen in a long time. And so it's, uh, I think it's, it's a good move and the camps that they've run. And again, my kids have participated in some of those things. They're doing an awesome job with that. So the Argo cup, great numbers, 20 schools is, is awesome across the GTA. So I'm excited about that one too. Yeah. That's one, that's the one area you and i have uh you know especially during the uh the covid years where we discussed uh various things about the argos is uh you know reaching out and making those connections with like football organizations hopefully high school football organizations um you know regional summer ball organizations all of that stuff i think is so crucial they still haven't kind of taken the step that we talked about, like maybe making tickets under 15 free. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do think it, they definitely have a higher connection with at least some, some kids. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, when you go to the games, I think you do see more kids, but I'd like that to even, you know, to increase. Yeah. No, and that's, it doesn't stop, right? Like that's something that has to continue. And I think all, of the CFL teams are doing their best at that. And it's not something where you can just say, well, that's it. All the kids are, are aware now. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't end like that. So they have to keep pushing it. And yeah, even if you had like one game where everybody under 15 could go and like, you know, see if that hooks them. Yeah, that, that's getting, interesting. I don't, I don't, get, I don't that's get sidetracked. Off season topic, but yeah, no, I do love what they're doing. The 150th anniversary, JP, 150 years is a very long period of time. Just to, again, to put it in perspective, this is this is seven years after Confederation. Like we're talking about when the Argos are founded, 1873, seven years after Confederation, eight years after the Civil War ended. It's still, it was still 35 years before the Model T Ford was was invented. Like, that's the time period we're, we're talking about. It, it is, I can't even really fathom that like we were talking about this before recording like this is like the this is when like the wild west was going on in the states this is a decade before the the shooting at the okay corral like stuff that i think of as as being like just a, a whole different lifetime is is the period of time that we're talking about 1873 and to have a professional sports team that is still around uh, still with the same name that you know, that that is, is still playing football to this day is unbelievable to me. I often marvel at the age of the soccer clubs in the UK and the the old soccer clubs that you see. They're they're all from around this date. Like that's it's the same thing. It's the same timeline, and and it's celebrated there. You you go to get a a hoodie or sweater or whatever from any of your your favorite soccer teams in in the UK, and you're getting that the big 1800s date on the front. It's something that they they take great pride in, and so for the Argos to be 150 years old is unbelievable to me. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. I think I think that 
again, you're trying to get that number out for, for people to kind of process. Even when people hear it, I don't think they really process. Like they hear 150 years and they still think like 1950. Right. You know, like, oh, yeah, that was a while ago. Like they're not really I don't I don't I don't think that people are necessarily really realizing um, the the enormity of of how long this club has been has been playing football. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. I mean, do, you know, do I wish this game was to clinch something? Of course, but uh, uh, I'm you know, there would be no way to know that, uh, you know, prior to this. And, you know, it's going to be gorgeous. The weather has been amazing. Uh, yeah, did, if 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 ever there was a time to sort of celebrate what is different about Canadian football. Um, this is, this is really a time where hopefully we can, we can have a good turnout from, from people um, in Toronto to, uh, to, you know, be there to say they were there at the one fifty. This is not something that, uh, you know, <laughs> who knows where the, you know, the next time it comes around, we'll be playing on the moon or something. If you have a way to, and you're listening to this podcast, obviously I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm only talking to people listening to this podcast because uh, that's all I can talk to. You got to find <laughs> a way to be at this game. You got to find a way. It's a 150th anniversary. See what you can do. Change your plans if you're not coming. Get to this game. It's it's going to be. It's just forget the even the stuff that like JB. He's right, and this is one of those landmark moments. Like to be at this game, to be at the 150th game. That that matters. That's a big thing. But the stuff that's going to be going on in this game, the the people that are going to be there, the autograph signings, the the dozens of of heroes from the past that you're going to see there, all time Argos, guys that you remember from your childhood when you first fell in love with this team, whenever that was, there are going to be guys that were on that team. I promise you that. It doesn't. There's no one. There's no one out there that started being an Argos fan at some point who isn't going to have multiple heroes being recognized there in person on the field so yeah it's just a it's going to be a fantastic celebration the the pregame festivities get underway at four o'clock um at stanley barracks uh and this is um that's 115 uh, princess boulevard um in the on the on the grounds there um basically on the it's like the north end um sort of shipyard area and first autograph signing session is four to four forty-five. that's going to be ricky ray conrad holloway damon allen like the, the those three quarterbacks we were talking about like all-time argos quarterbacks like look at that like damon allen conrad holloway ricky ray that is that's a fantastic trio they're signing autographs all together at uh, four to four forty-five, and then four forty-five to five thirty. terry greer Rocket Ishmael, Daryl Mookie Mitchell, three receivers. Like, look at that. Look at the, uh, yeah, the combo of Terry Greer, uh, Rocket, and and Mitchell is just, that's stunning. That yeah, they're all going to be mean, there together. I, exactly. I, you know, I I really hope, you know, I'd like, if, yeah, like, I'd just repeat what you're saying. I think if, if you are an Argos fan, you have to go. You have to go, barring there being some kind of emergency, you you know, you have to go down to this game and uh, and be part of the celebration. I, I don't think it's really negotiable. Yeah, no, it's it's it will be like nothing you've ever seen before. All right, JB, let's get into the game itself. Uh, let's do the injury report to start. 
Uh, kind of kind of same old for the Argos at the moment. The Elks don't really have too many major issues. Uh, it looks like we might see Eli Menser, which would be kind of neat, a former Argo, to see see him back. Um, he had a calf injury, was able to practice full today, so so he might be there. It looks like um, uh, Grohovic's going to uh, probably give it a go on the offensive line. I don't actually know that he'll play, but but he's healthy and practicing. Uh, Enoch Makonzo went full uh, coming back from that foot injury. But yeah, for the most part, it looks like most of their main players are going to go. For the Argos, it's a bit more of a mixed bag. And I think, again, you're going to see them exercise caution in terms of bringing guys back. And I think that's the smart thing to do. Uh, Tiggy Sanko practice full. He'll he'll be there. He'll probably play um, with um, with uh, Haggerty, Punter Haggerty on the, on the sixth game still. Uh, Shane Richards practiced full. Uh, he was a healthy scratch. Nothing from Jamal Peters, Cam Phillips. They both were, were unable to practice this week. I don't think we'll see either of them. Uh, Oakman, McManus, Olette were all full uh, practice. Uh, Hegarty, uh, Josh Hegarty, not John, was limited today. I don't think we're going to see him for a little bit still. I think they'll probably be really cautious with him coming back. Isaiah Cage, same thing, limited the last two days with a hamstring. I don't think we'll see him in this game yet either. Um, and Deshaun Amos not not able to practice. Um, not, a, not a surprise there. So not terribly different from last week's injury report. The only difference really is that I don't think the Argos are going to be resting the guys like they were last week. I expect to see a lot more of the sort of regular lineup, aside from anyone that's nursing an injury that's coming back from especially a tissue injury where they're probably going to hold them out. But I think anyone even remotely banged up probably gets gets held out of this one. But I do think we'll see the return of like, you know, McManus and and Oakman and Olette and Chad Kelly and all that into the, the starting lineup. Game preview, uh, JB. We've seen we've seen some exciting finishes with the Elks. We've also seen some terrible football games. It has ranged. Uh, the meaningless game two years ago stands out to me. Uh, Edmonton at Toronto. I think that's the last time Edmonton was in Toronto. Was the COVID makeup game that didn't matter. But earlier this season when they played, that was a barn burner of a finish. Remember Edmonton doing really well in that game. Then Toronto kind of blew it open, and then Edmonton had that the weirdest touchdown of the year that bounced off a few people at the end of the game after Wyndham McManus the crushed I, I don't even remember I don't even think it was Cornelius at that point I think it was Daigie but uh, either way they Edmonton was still floundering through quarterbacks but this is a chance to see Trey Ford against the Toronto Argonauts and that I'm really curious about because we haven't seen the Argos take on a quarterback like Trey Ford in terms of his mobility so this is I think I, this is probably it's probably the most interesting game that the Argos will match up uh, with someone in the last stretch of the season because it's something new. All right, JB, let's get into OCDC. OCDC is brought to you by the Business Barbershop and Spa. They invite you to experience Etobicoke's premier licensed men's grooming lounge for hair, face, and body care, celebrating 10 years in the Kingsway. You can find the Business Barbershop right at Royal York Station. It is a 30-second walk from the exits of Royal York Station. It's the best place to get your hair cut. That's where I go. You will love it. I love it. And I haven't changed I haven't changed my, my barber since I started going there. It's, it's fantastic. So check it out in the Kingsway, the Business Barbershop and Spa. All right, OCDC, I'll start things off. We'll do Edmonton first. So for Edmonton's offense, what I want to do is, if I'm Edmonton, I want to extend plays. Toronto sometimes struggles in coverage when it goes longer than expected, when blitzes are picked up, 
when a quarterback is able to break the pocket, step up, look through a gap, obviously Toronto is going to be playing for that. But I'm not sure they'll be playing for that to the same degree that they'd be playing for that if Edmonton was a division rival they needed to beat. Because again, I'm not sure how much new stuff Toronto wants to throw out there. Remember, it's, it is still possible Edmonton ends up in the playoffs. I know it's unlikely. It's possible that their paths will cross again. Unlikely, but it could happen. And so that being the case, you don't want to show everything that you've got if you're Toronto. And there's really no motivation to throw, show everything you've got anyway. So I think in terms of contain and keeping Ford in the pocket... I don't think it's going to be nearly as much a priority as it usually is against Edmonton. So I want to really stretch that. So extend the field horizontally, run those long developing cover four beaters. That's where you can beat Toronto. Um, Try and get them to bust. A lot of new pieces in the secondary. That's what you're looking for. And we've seen Trey Ford excel at the home run ball from time to time. When he's being bottled up on the ground, he loves to go deep. And I think the opportunities will be there if he can escape the pocket and really threaten as a runner, bring guys up and then dish it over top. So that's what I want to see from the Edmonton offense. What is your plan for the Edmonton defense, JB? Um, it, well, it's hard to say in terms of not knowing who Toronto is going to to, to roll out. I, I assume we're, we're going to go with Chad Kelly at QB. I think so. Like I, the, what I gather is that you're going to see most of the Toronto starters, except the guys that are like actually End injured. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, if you're Edmonton, um, obviously coach knows the Argos pretty well. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the, what has changed about stopping Toronto, you know, or it hasn't changed, but what, what you look to do to try and stop Toronto, which is, you want to frustrate Chad as much as you can. Uh, you give him the checkdowns. You give him the underneath. Um, you take away the middle. You take away the deep pass. Um, you try and eliminate the dagger throw. So from a you know you're playing, you're gonna play that deep cover two shell or cover three. Um, you know you want to f- fill the middle of the field. Um, you know even playing like two man. Uh, because he does get frustrated and he will turn the ball over. He will throw it to you. Um, so I think you're you're looking to do that. And then from a run perspective, you have got to run blitz on first down. You know, you really have to to try and keep a let. I think what happens to teams is it's, you know, it's a relationship. The Argos go up, and once they go up, uh, then it's pretty hard to to keep the running game in check because – you just get worn down by the fourth quarter. Um, but you you have to. I mean, you you have to commit to stopping the run. Um, if you can't stop the run, you cannot beat the Toronto Argonauts. So four quarters of commitment to stopping the run is, is what's required. And to this point, there just has not been a team that uh, that has been successful at, at being able to do that for four quarters. Um, so... You know, I think you're you're looking to do that. You're you're daring Chad to take the underneath throws and the checkdowns, which uh, I think is just at this point in his career um, something he's not interested in. He's got his eyes downfield. He's looking for scores, and um, you know, and that that's worked out really well for the Argos. But you know, at some point, I think defensively, you're you're hoping you can turn those interceptions into points. Switching over to the good guys. Toronto, I want them to focus on the run. Like that should be the priority to me. 
we know that Toronto can win passing the ball. We know they can close games out with the run. We've seen them do that very well. It's a very good running team, but I really want the priority to to be there because we're going to start getting into some bad weather games. And I'm not sure how many more occasions the starting offensive group, the starting offensive line in particular, and the backs have got out there. I don't know how many more times they're all going to run out there together. And so we know how weather can turn in the playoffs. There, there are games sometimes where you just can't throw. It just not, it's just not possible because of the, the, that sort of mid-fall weather that, that sweeps in. It depends where you're playing too. But, you know, at, at BMO and, and if things go well, the Grey Cup at Tim Hortons Field, like we know how windy both places can get, especially Tim Hortons Field. You don't know what you're going to face. And so I would love to see a game where it is heavy heavy run focused and i think edmonton's a great team to test that out against and so start to finish pound the football out of run sets out of pass sets i I also want to work on the screen game they don't really complement themselves well together so i'm just going to focus on the run but that's another thing they can they can mix in there too and i want them to cycle through the backs a little bit more instead of going heavy with one guy and this guy's going to be the the back for the next three series i really would like to see more rotation especially if a guy bursts a run for for 10 12 yards send in the next guy just keep cycling through those guys i want to see more carries out of adaboboye i want to see olette in there i want to see i want to see league get some more carries too i want to see more of mcmahon in that sort of complementary role but i want to keep rotating those guys as the the argos run i think it's going to start I think it's going to start to to turn downhill in a I mean that in a positive way for the Argos. I think they're going to they're going to get running and stay running. So that'd be my game plan for Toronto. What is your defensive game plan for the Argonauts? Yeah, if if this were me, I would love the opportunity to to really try out some exotic things. I know you're trying to win the game, and but when will you have an opportunity to try out? You know, you want to put Pickett as a spy. You want to try a five man line. Um, you want to try and keep that quarterback penned in. You want to uh, um, see if you can, um, you know, if you can if if you can blitz from the outside a little more. Um, whether it be like a corner blitz or a halfback blitz, maybe you send those guys, maybe you send Peters a little more. Like they haven't sent Peters very much this season. Um, that's what I would love to do because I would love to, to to show the league, here's some film on how to slow down Trey Ford because, look, going forward, he's going to be a problem. Edmonton is improved. They're not yet a concern, but they are an improved team. And he clearly looks like he's going to be factor in in the cfl so i think the more you can test him with some looks that you might not have the courage to do um or the sense to do um when it really really matters that that's what i that's what i would do defensively i mean that my brain doesn't work necessarily like football guys but that that's what i would do i would be excited at the opportunity to to throw some really exotic looks at Trey Ford um, that are not going to hurt you because you're not likely to ever do them again. There, there's nobody else you're going to face that runs like he does. Um, I Yeah, I'd be curious to try them out because um, clearly you have to keep him in check. He he is the engine that that keeps that thing going. He has some decent wide receivers, um, obviously Gino and then Moore, and you know and Kevin Brown is is a fantastic player. Like they definitely are. They have the core of a talented group, but but you have to keep him in the pocket. You have, even though his percentage is fine, it, you still have to keep him in the pocket. I don't think that'll ever not be true for a running quarterback. Is 
you know, if he can throw 275 and three touchdowns, then you tip your hat, but you have to force him to do that. So however you keep Trey Ford in the pocket, um, you know, that that is, to me, the only thing you need to worry about from a defensive point of view. And uh, I'd love to see some different looks because I know spies are don't really work, but I, I'd love to see some, some different looks at spy, um, you know, whether it be, Maybe Stiggers gets a look at Spy. Maybe Pickett gets a look at Spy. You know, that's what excites me. Is I would love to see. I would love to see them really throw some curveballs at uh, at coach. They're such a weird team in that it's like the Edmonton Elks are basically a die that only has ones and sixes on it, right? Like this is yeah. That's all they know how to roll. It's either going to be a one or a six, and and you don't know what it's going to be week to week. But like you're saying, like I, th- I thought BC did a pretty good job of that in Edmonton's last game out. They they rotated the spies so that you couldn't really know. And in some places, it's really hard to tell even if there was a spy or not. Like sometimes they ran what I refer to as like foosball spies, where it's like two guys that keep the same distance apart and they both keep Ford in the middle. And so if Ford starts rolling to it to his right. You compensate for that. Both guys go. He goes to his left. Both guys go. But they never let... They never let him uh, get outside of uh, of them on their side. And so that's kind of interesting. But they only ran that a few times. And then they had him spied by defensive ends and, and spied by uh, linebackers, of course, and safeties. Like that, that was fascinating. And I wonder if the Argos will try that. They've got the personnel to do what BC did. But I don't know. I, I like your idea better. Like I want to try something new because I, I think you could maybe try that a little bit. But I would love to just try something just just bizarre. Try something that, like you said, it's, yeah. Why it not? Matter. When when will you have a chance to do it? Um, I mean, of course. Look, they they are clearly looking to win this game. So 150th. Yes. yes. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go out there and you know, you know, be you know, and and not be concerned about winning. But but when are you gonna have a chance to to cook stuff up or to 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 get some things out of the playbook that. Uh, that you might not do in any other situation. So I know, I know, Coach definitely has things that he would like to do. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it too. I'm hoping to see some really, some really creative um, spy looks. I love your Stiggers spy idea. Like I'm envisioning him lined up as like the boundary corner and press man, and he's the spy. Like on the snap, he like takes off into the middle of the field and is well, now mirroring. Well, look, according to TSN, he is a better quarterback than Chad. So this is kind of the battle of the next generation quarterback. So let's, you know, let's get this done, defense. I don't think that is all TSN that said that. I think that is <laughs> that is a, a single voice. Um, no, there were a number of a voices. Couple, a couple of voices, time. you're right. And I think it was more just thrown out there as could this be a reality team building? I don't know. But yeah, that's to me, that's uh, that's a bit much. Let's get into put me down for 20, JB. While gambling mm-hmm. can be a fun way to enhance your sports viewing experience, it's important to do so responsibly. Set a budget. Never bet more than you're happy to lose an amount that you view as the cost of entertainment. And if you or anyone you know develops a gambling problem, you can call the Ontario Problem Gambling Helpline, one 230 JV, it was a good week last week. Um, I was two for two. Uh, you were one of two, but you hit on your your big one. We had the we had the Dukes touchdown anytime, which actually went up after we we made our bets. We got it at plus one seventy. It, it went as high as plus two fifty. So we obviously placed it at the wrong time, but uh, yeah, it was it was still a winner. 
and uh, and you know the way things are we're going these last few weeks uh we will take that so on the on the year i started with 200 golden fleeces i now have 320 almost even uh 320 golden fleeces uh things were getting a little dire for you jb down to 33 <laughs> but you have bounced back you now have 40 shining golden fleeces at your disposal yeah well you know uh, just different different styles i know you like to you like to grind the rent and uh, I'm, uh, I'm swinging for the fences over here so uh, just a little bit of an asterisk this week because uh, because I think probably gambling sites don't know exactly what to do with the Argos at the moment and who's going to be out there. And they're very reluctant to set props at this time. So not everything's out there. I, did you end up finding an Argos better? You're going to hold off and we'll we'll tweet that uh, out. I did not find one I liked okay. from. And in fact, when I looked, it, the game wasn't even posted. I know it's not. I don't even have a line on it right now. So that's. I'm still gonna make one anyway because I've got all these fleeces to throw around. But mm. uh, JBs will have to. We'll have to tweet that one out at some point uh, before kickoff, but after lines go up. So I'll go first um, for my Argos bet. I'm taking the the over whatever it is. I don't. It hasn't been set yet. When it gets set. I want the over. I think this is going to be a high-scoring, exciting football game, and whatever it's set at is uh, is, is going to fall short. So, <coughs> pardon me, that's 10 golden fleeces on the over. And I will also put 10 golden fleeces on a parlay. Uh, BC minus one over Winnipeg, which is going to be a great game. And Ottawa plus three and a half, and that parlay pays plus 260. JV, what is your one non-Argos bet then? Uh, well, there was it was very little sort of interesting, so I'm just gonna for now go with the uh, uh, Saskatchewan uh, defeating Hamilton by one to thirteen points at plus one twenty. That's gonna be an interesting game too. I don't know what to make of either of those teams. It's you know what's so funny about this year, and I think this is reflected in in our picks, our next segment. But I feel like I had way more sense of what was gonna happen earlier in the season than I do now, which is funny because you'd think it'd be the opposite. You'd think the more data you collect, you're like, okay, now I know who all these teams are. I have no idea who most of the league is right now. I know who I know who three teams are. And I'm I'm not even sure about I'm not even sure about two and three. But I, four to nine, like man, I, I have no sense of, yeah, of that I, I at all. I feel like if we had like a uh, some sort of like statistic department, I would love to know how many times we've each been wrong with which team i can go back and uh, that's a, a good idea it's well, not a job i, mean, I look I know forward I know to doing i know it's possible it's just <laughs> it's you know i want to do that we'll, we will do that because uh, i want to find out those <laughs> okay. numbers because i feel like <laughs> ottawa i may not have gotten ottawa pick right yet this year i don't know yeah i know i'd be i'd be curious i mean I'd, I'd like to i'd like to see that so good that's a all right i will do that i'm assigning homework for myself here let's get into our cfl picks Edmonton at Toronto. Uh, this It's so hard to know exactly how this game is going to go down. Uh, I think the way I see it, Toronto's going to win the game. I, I see this being a, a pretty easy win for Toronto on the scoreboard. I don't know if it's going to feel that way all the way through, especially, I, I think, in the in, you know second, third quarter where the Argos do tend to go quiet for a little bit. I think they ultimately pull this out, and this is going to be an Argos win in front of that 150th anniversary crowd. Yeah, I, I like the Argos to win this too. I think that uh, they're going to be dialed in. It's going to be important for them for this 150 with all the, the all the all time guys there. I mean, that's definitely going to have an influence on the players. Um, I like I like Toronto to to get this done. 
Winnipeg at BC. Uh, I'm going to take BC in this one. I I felt until the last couple of weeks, all season long, that Winnipeg was a better football team than BC. I've just I felt like they were all year. The last couple of weeks, I'm not so sure about Winnipeg anymore. Now, every time I've been not so sure about Winnipeg, they've come and blown the doors off somebody. So that may happen. I like what I've seen in BC. If they can focus, if if Vernon Adams has one of his games, BC's going to win. But if he has one of his games, uh, they're going to lose. It it depends on him. He is when he's on is one of the most talented quarterbacks, and and when he's off, uh, it's it's just a, a bit of a nightmare. So I think it's going to be which Vernon Adams it is, and if that team can sort of keep their their foot on the gas, even if they get up uh, big. You, you see those leads fade away. They almost blew a lead against Saskatchewan. There was a huge lead against Saskatchewan last week, and they came flying back. Wasn't enough time, ultimately, but, you know, against against Winnipeg, you, you can't afford to do that. So I, I think if you get a good BC game, I think they win, and I think we'll see that in BC place. Where yeah, going, no, I think, that, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously, um, you know, BC has done very well. Um you know, this season against other Western teams, they've been really good at home. Um, however, With weird slip ups, like just the random slip up to Hamilton. at home. Yeah, right. Exactly. I know. I, know. I mean, and they've definitely I mean, they've definitely had some close ones. But uh, yeah, I, I have to I mean, I, I part of me wants to go BC just because they are so good at home. But I'm going to go Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg is putting it in a gear um, because they are heading into the playoffs and I think that they have gears that uh, that very few have, other than maybe uh, our Toronto Argonauts. Um, so I, I do think Winnipeg gets it done on the road. I think they are now ramping up um, for the playoffs. You can look at maybe last year; maybe they didn't they didn't quite ramp up as much as they wanted to, and I think that'll be a distinct change this year. I think I think they're going to go on a bit of a, a bit of a rampage to finish the season here. And they've got a bye week coming. Actually, everybody does. Every single team has a bye week coming up except the Argos, uh, which is still amazing to me. But they, so it's weird to see, like, I'm curious to see how these teams do treat that down the stretch. But yeah, at some point, they're going to have to probably say, okay, let's let's turn things on again and, and fire up the engines. And they've got to get better winning on the road. They, well, they have to, they just have to get more consistent. They, you look at the games that Winnipeg has lost, like they have no... They have no business losing the games they've lost. The loss to Saskatchewan, the loss to Ottawa, lost to Hamilton. Like it just, they're not, these are not games that Winnipeg traditionally loses. And uh, so, but yet they've had some amazing games as well. So uh, they've had maybe the best performance of the entire year the week after they lost to Saskatchewan and then they blew them out in the Banjo Bowl. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if a team has played that well all season on offense and defense. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that game goes. I'm excited about that one. Hamilton at Saskatchewan. Uh, I have no idea. I have no clue uh, who's going to win this game. I don't know what to make of either of those teams. Sometimes Hamilton looks great. Sometimes they look terrible. Saskatchewan, same thing. They're both in pretty much the same position. I know Saskatchewan is. It's hard to play at home. I I think I'm going to take Hamilton. I I just I feel like they have like Saskatchewan's been on a slide. And it's hard to get out of those sometimes. So I'm going to take Hamilton. I think it's going to be some pressure on Saskatchewan to win at home. I like Saskatchewan. I'll be, that was my bet. I think yeah. Saskatchewan gets it done. Hamilton's on and off. Uh, <laughs> I'd be curious to see how many times I've been wrong about Saskatchewan this year. Feels like a lot. 
Um, Rough Riders at home. Uh, please, you know, surely, surely they get this done. Ottawa at Montreal. I have no idea. Again, is this, like the, 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 this is like the Hamilton is, Toronto of like. There are a lot I, of, I feel like Ottawa has played Montreal nine times this season, and I haven't got any of them right. So Where, they just. It's just always, it just feels like it's this, like the shining and it's just always been there. I have picked, have I picked Ottawa in every one <laughs> See, of these games so need, far? Uh, but we need, we Maybe need that's some, the problem. We need some statistical analysis. I know. I have picked Ottawa. I picked them in week one and they lost. And then I picked them again in August and they lost. This is, yeah, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to do the full stats on this. And then I had them last week and they lost. I'm going to take Ottawa. Uh, this is the week because I'm not switching now. I can't switch now and then lose that one too. It's hard to beat a team in back-to-back weeks, home and home. We've said it many times. I know it's Ottawa, but I think the Red Blacks win this week. Uh, I like Montreal at home. I think that they are also rounding in the shape. I think they are um, concerning. They look good last week. I think they're. Re- I think they're just really well coached, and <clears throat> that's always a concern when you get into the playoffs. When you know, not just talented, but in fact, uh, know what they're doing and, and are, are, are really efficient at it. I, I like Montreal at home. Um, and then, you know, we still have to come up with some sort of uh, award for uh, for winning the picks contest as we wind this down. But I'm going to take Montreal there. Yeah, we'll come up with something. We're tied right now in overall standings where you were, we were 4-0 and last week. I was 3-1. and We are both now 43-24 and on the season. Uh, speaking of everything being backwards, um, we skipped over predictions and one thing. So we'll got to come up with these here. So uh, one thing for this game for me, I want 150 rushing yards. That's a big ask. That's a lot of rushing yards in the CFL, but I want that to be the focus. I don't think they need to go to the air here. I want them to work on that ground game for later in the year. 150 rushing yards. That's my one thing. Uh, where are you going, JB? Uh, I would like to see them keep Trey Ford under. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna make it tough. I'm gonna say under 40 yards rushing. I think that's doable. I think that's perfectly yeah. doable. I think but... I think under under 40 yards. That's that's the goal for me. Not 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 too extravagant, but I think that uh, you keep him under you keep him under 40, and that that probably is a pretty pretty good sign that you're getting it done. And prediction. For me, I'm going to go Toronto 31, Edmonton 20. As I said, I think this gets tight around half and maybe even into the third. And then Toronto pours it on. They end up winning by 11. So Toronto 31, Edmonton 20. How does this one end for you, JB? Yeah, I've, I have a similar a similar aspect. I think that uh, Kelly will be uh, champing at the bit to to get back into it. And uh, I like I like Toronto. I know that they probably I bet you there's some, you know, some guys that wish they could have sort of shown their best against Winnipeg. And I think Edmonton is going to be the recipient of that. I like I like Toronto 2814. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I, I can see that happening, too. And just to, the chance to play, I think for me, the chance for these Argos to play in front of the guys that are going to be there, the legends that yeah, are going to be I there. At BMO yeah, Field. exactly. I can't believe that's not going to give it uh, that's not going to give us some extra juice. And it will. Yeah, and, you know, and you know, Coach Jones, and you know, the whole deal. So I, I like it. Yeah, no, it's 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 a game being played in front of heroes, and so you, it's it's their chance to 
to really make an impression. I love it. There's going to be so much attention on this. There's going to be a lot of media about this game too, mainstream media on this game because of the 150th anniversary, because of the number of players they've got there. It's it's going to be a big deal. It will be talked about on, you know, anyone that covers anything will be talking about it at some point over the weekend. So I think they're going to want to really make their mark here. So I, I like that as a score. Friday night. You got to be there. Your day's got to start at, uh, it's got to start at something in the water brewing. Margarita pizzas for 10 bucks from, from Pico at something in the water brewing. Grab a longboat, the beer made for fans of the Double Blue. Walk on over, get some autographs. How about a Conrad Holloway autograph, Ricky Ray? <laughs> it's, it's so it's still amazing to me. Mookie Mitchell, why not? Get a Rocket Ishmael autograph and then go enjoy a football game. Make sure you're there. We hope to see you there. That will just about do it for us on this pregame walkthrough edition of the X's and Argos podcast, the 150th anniversary edition of the X's and Argos podcast. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. <laughs>